Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to $450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. Welcome to Locked On Heat with the Heat Check, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg. With me, as always, it's David Ramil. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. A little bit behind schedule. I got a couple deadlines I'm working on, but you know what? It's all great. It's, it's all, all good. Basketball, no. right? Absolutely. At least I'm not in Cleveland. <laughs> You're not in Cleveland talking, doing the uh, Republican National Convention. That's right. Yeah, you I, I can guarantee. Plagiarize all your stuff if you want. <laughs> I guarantee everything I will say on this podcast will have been written or expressed by me and only me. <laughs> well, that's one promise that I think we can keep on this podcast. Excellent. Um, so yesterday we we talked a lot about Riley's press conference, and it's you know we've talked twenties or so minutes on it on a very small portion of his presser. So we're gonna just keep diving in because there's just so much intrigue here. But I kind of I, I wanted to specifically talk about this idea that Pat Riley mentioned that he didn't do enough to bring back Dwayne Wade and that he seemed regretful, remorseful. Um, and number one, I, we, I think we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about if we even buy that, right? If, if, if we bought that he was remorseful or if this was part of his plan all along, if sure. this whole press conference was somewhat of a charade or at least maybe just if he wasn't lying, he wasn't telling the entire truth sort of deal. But... Um, underneath all of that, I wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of should he have been expected to woo Dwayne Wade back? I mean, Dwayne Wade had been a player for 13 years. I think at a certain level, he did take Wade for granted, his presence there, maybe the idea that he needed to show him a little bit more love and make, make him feel a little bit more special than he did or more appreciated than he did. Maybe he took that part for granted right. if he indeed wanted Wade back at any kind of level, if he did... Certainly, it seems like he didn't want Wade back at a huge Kobe-type deal, but maybe he would have been very happy with having Dwayne back for $10 million a year. I mean, given how this market was, yes, Dwayne Wade's an aging veteran. Yes, he hasn't played more. He's only played more than 70 games once in the last five, five seasons. But a $10 million contract for Dwayne Wade is still a very good deal compared to everybody else in this market. Maybe he would have wanted that. With Kevin Durant leaving, with Tim Duncan retiring... And then with guy with Kobe retiring after his big Kobe deal and his farewell tour, and then I think the one that relates the most to Wade is Dirk Nowitzki getting a twenty million dollars a year deal for the next two years from the Dallas Mavericks, and Mark Cuban saying whatever it takes we're going to bring him back, is particularly in contrast to what happened in Miami. Basically, all this is to say: Do you think, David, that teams in general, whether it be the Heat, the Mavericks, or whoever, should be expected? either by the fans or by the players themselves, to have to go and go out and resell their franchise to to veterans who have been part of the team, been faces of the franchise for so long. It's a tough call because I think 
you know, I, th- I think that the power of, of where the ultimate decision lies should always rest in the hands of the players. And I think that's ultimately they're right. I mean, they're the ones with the skill that translates onto the court. They're the ones that we pay to see. So for all the backlash that guys like LeBron, Kevin Durant, and a million others have gone over the course of the past few years, or even throughout all of NBA history, I've always felt comfortable. At least, I mean, I've been impacted by some decisions, but I've always felt at least comfortable knowing that they have the right to make those decisions. So I'm okay with players choosing whether they want to stay with a team or if they want to leave elsewhere. But every situation is ultimately unique and different. And so when you look specifically at, you know, let's look at the weight situation. Should he have been wooed a little bit more by Riley? I guess you could say so. I mean, if, if, if maybe having a heart-to-heart or as Riley said, you know, laying out what his plan would have been for the last couple of years of Wade's career, if, if that might have been enough to convince Wade to re-sign at a lower amount and get that much more valuable contract, you know, just, or at least from the Heat perspective, more valuable at, at just $10 million a year or whatnot, if that would have been enough, I think that it's worth making that extra leap, right? I mean, unless you want to diffuse yourself completely from, from, from Wade at this point. And I don't think that Riley or the Heat definitely want that. I, I know Harrison wouldn't want it. Just, just because of the backlash you've seen from fans and, and because he is still an impactful player. Maybe he's not necessarily the best fit for the kind of team you want to run, maybe a little bit more fast-paced up-tempo or whatnot. But, you know, for other players on other teams, I don't know if you necessarily need to resell the organization, but there needs to be open lines of communication about what they want, you know. It seems from the Nowitzki perspective, you know, maybe he he had, you know, we'd heard some rumors that he was looking at other teams, notably Golden State. Um, But I don't know if those were realistic. And maybe it's that same kind of level of realistic or unrealistic that we anticipated with Wade, where we assumed, you know, we've heard his name being attached to other teams for the past six years, realistically. Mm -hmm. But we never really thought he was going to take any of those offers. He was always going to stay in Miami. Maybe we took it for granted. Maybe if, you know, if Cuban didn't up the offer considerably in order to retain Nowitzki, maybe he would have entertained an offer to go elsewhere just because he wanted to compete for a championship. And then with Um, this what-if conversation, I mean, let's go back. Kobe is like, he's almost the model, right? Of of what not to do, perhaps? Or just of how to finish a career with one organization, right? And he got, he he won his championships, had all of his awards, going to go down as, you know, one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. You know, he got that long, big contract at the end of his career. And you remember when he signed it, everybody was like, how could he do this to the Lakers? It was almost the opposite of what this reaction is right now to Dwayne Wade or or sure. certainly the reaction that, you know, somebody like Tim Duncan and the Spurs where they kind of had a mutual agreement to get paid less over the course of the last few years. But it was almost Kobe, like, how could he handcuff his the organization that he's played for for so long? Doesn't he owe the Lakers more? So it's almost like, okay... If Wade goes out, you know, right now Wade leaves for the Bulls and fans are wondering, don't the Heat owe more loyalty to Dwayne Wade? Shouldn't they have done more? But let's say Dwayne Wade signs a big, let's say they're able to clear some cap space and they're able to trade Josh McRoberts and Hassan Whiteside agrees to take less money and now all of a sudden you're paying Dwayne Wade 25 to $30 million a year and he's 35 years old. And you're paying him that guaranteed for the next three seasons like Dwayne Wade wanted to. You're essentially giving him the Kobe deal, right? Now I right. think fans go the other way. And they say, and we saw this last year, right, with Dwayne Wade. Everybody started, I mean, there was there was a lot of rumbling, at least on Heat Twitter, about 
And I even people that, aren't even on Twitter, people that aren't even on Twitter, people that I talk to about Dwayne Wade's old and he doesn't fit this new new NBA. Because a lot, right. whether or not you're an old school Heat fan or not, you're seeing things like what the Warriors are doing and how the Spurs just destroyed the Heat in that last finals that they were in with the ball movement. And they, it's it's you can tell that Wade doesn't fit that. So if if he signs for that a big a, the the Kobe deal, I think fans go the other way and they say, how could Wade do this to the Heat? How could Wade handcuff his organization, especially with guys like, you know, it was one thing when the Lake when the Lakers did it, right? Because they basically only had Kobe. So, one, you know, there was a smart right. argument to be made like, well, what else are you going to do? I mean, at least you've right. got three years of saluting Kobe. But in this sense, it's like, well, they have Whiteside, they have Winslow, they have Richardson, they have uh, Goran Dragic, young pieces and all-star type level players to build around. And Wade's almost handcuffing that. So it's kind of funny how there was no, the only middle ground here was Wade takes like ten million to fifteen million a year for maybe two years or year to year, no guaranteed third year deal, and basically the only person getting screwed in that situation is Dwayne Wade. Now the the Kobe situation, like you pointed out, I mean they had nothing else. They they were not really at that point a destination franchise. It's almost like they had embraced the the, the model of a team that was tanking without admitting to doing so. Hiring Byron Scott, who was so, you know, stuck in the past as far as the overall system, you know, actively sabotaging the growth and development of their younger players, things of that sort. So it's like if you're going to commit that completely to making your team worse, yeah, sure, why not give Kobe as much money as you want considering everything he's meant to the franchise and things of that sort. There's some interesting what-ifs, right? Because what if the Heat don't draft Justice Winslow? If they... What if they don't make the lottery? What if they make the playoffs last year? If Chris Bosh maybe doesn't even have blood clots, like the super, like one in a million thing that happened in the NBA with Chris Bosh, right? Like we almost forget how weird this situation is with him because we've been so used to it by now for the last two years. But well, we're, we're talking about this, you know, but like you said, yeah, if, if Bosh isn't hurt, if Whiteside, even if Whiteside isn't hurt at the end of that Raptor series and he's at full strength. Don't you assume that we're, we've got enough strength with him at center to, to get past the Raptors and move into the Eastern Conference Finals? Absolutely. And even going back further to two years ago, the, the year right after LeBron left, what if Bosch doesn't get sick that year and the Heat make the playoffs and they don't get Justice Winslow? All of a sudden there's no good young right. pieces. I wonder if the, you know, maybe it's not as tempting for somebody like Riley to say, all right, well, we have all these young players that we need to build around. Maybe at that point it's like they're the Lakers. The Heat are just the Lakers. Just give Wade three, three years guaranteed. I mean, I, I I don't know if Riley would have done that. I think you know still the Kobe thing is lingering there, but it's worth. Well, I mean, we already had we already had Tyler Johnson. We already had Whiteside. You know, on the roster that year. I mean, yeah. maybe they wouldn't have been developed if if Bosch had been healthy at the end of the fourteen fifteen season. We would have kept Chris Anderson. Yeah. You know, Mario yeah. Chalmers maybe would have stayed. Maybe, I mean, we wouldn't have – if we hadn't had all that – even last year with Josh Richardson, you know, I mean, he was our fourth option at point guard. Everybody forgets, you know, Ben Udra got hurt. Uh, right. Tyler Johnson got hurt. All of a sudden, this second-round pick that we didn't expect to blossom the way he did comes on and has a huge second half of the season. Not even a huge second half. It's just like a huge couple of months towards the end of the season. And he was a real factor in the playoffs too, not necessarily as – great as we would have liked, but now all of a sudden you're looking at him and he's a, a, a big building block towards the future. So, I mean, there are so many different what-ifs. It's hard to predict exactly how things would have been differently. Yeah. To go back to that question, though, was it, 
should teams should teams have to should teams be expected to resell their own free agents? Like this whole idea that Wade was taken for granted. Is that a weird is that like that's a weird thing. That's a weird idea, right? Like he's been with the team for 13 years and this idea that Riley needed to play, to to resell to to talk to him about his last few years of his career and what his plan was for Wade is so strange. Like he's been there for 13 years. Like you think that that conversation would have happened or would have continued to happen right. or that like this this level that he needed to feel appreciated. It's strange that it all compounded into that one week where it's been 13 years of this. Like thir- like 13 years of Wade and Riley either as his coach or as his executive and it's mm. just so it's a very weird thing that I don't think, you know, where I think we're talking about the reaction a lot of it and what this means for the Heat. But just this idea that Wade didn't feel appreciated. Is there something that maybe the Heat could have done? Is there something that maybe the Mavericks and the Spurs did for their stars that the Heat didn't? Well, I mean, I think we talked about it a couple of pods ago where we brought up the issue of management versus the players. You know, there's always going to be an us versus them mentality. And I think that's, I think that's the case here. I think, you know, you, you want to have open lines of communication, but the reality is that there is a business that the front office is obligated to maintain, and it can't necessarily be one of complete and total loyalty. And that's where you would have that kind of lines of communication, you know. You would only have that kind of open communication if you knew you could afford to be on the same page and be honest with the way and say, look, Dwayne, as much as we love you and as much as a special part of this franchise as you are, the reality is you're no longer the player that you once were. We can't afford to pay you. Um, I'm sorry. As We'd love to have you on the team, but we'd love to have you on the team for a much more reasonable rate than what you're asking. Right. In which case, then he's going to be so pissed off because there is this, a, a huge amount of ego that drives players, and that's just a reality. I mean, that's and what. Of course, Riley can't say that to him because then exactly. that gets leaked, and people are like, "What the hell are you doing, Pat Riley? You just sabotaged our whole franchise. You you pushed the face of the franchise out of Miami." So, right. and and we talked about this. On, it just that whole press conference was a load of crap. Like the more and more I think about it, it's just like number one, he this whole idea that. It, he didn't do enough to bring back Dwayne Wade or that if we, you know, you and I have almost dismissed money being an issue, but certainly it was a little bit of an issue or at least what the money represented, right? Exactly, yes. And all of a sudden now the Heat don't have enough money to give Dwayne Wade? It just seems weird, right? Like it, it's, if the Heat, if Pat Riley wanted Dwayne Wade, he would have re-signed Dwayne Wade. I think there's no doubt about that. If he really wanted Dwayne Wade, he would have re-signed Dwayne Wade. And this whole press conference and this whole PR cycle, and for Riley to come out in that press conference and basically say, yeah, my bad, that's kind of weird. Right? Like, well, I mean, Riley's not, like, all of a sudden he, he just, like, isn't good at his job? Well, I don't think he's just, I don't think he really necessarily feels guilty about what happened. But, I mean, he has to admit that maybe... There might, again, I think like we talked about, there has to be an admission on his part that there was a sort of lapse of judgment mm-hmm. and that he didn't do enough to resign Wade because that's the only way he can he's balance it out that, between. Right? That's, he's just saying that to save face. Right. I think that we even discussed it when we first heard about a piece from SB Nation's Tom Ziller where he first proposed the idea that you know, Riley knew exactly what he was doing, man, and he just wants us to feel 
Like maybe he might have made a mistake, but the reality was that Riley knew all along. But he can't say that. He can't go in that press conference and say, Wade, we loved him. Dwayne is a special part of the Heat family for 13 years. But you know what? We can't afford to pay him and have him be the kind of player that he's been over the last couple of seasons. Like the performance we saw against Charlotte, the kinds of things that he was able to do sparingly over the course of the last year or two. That's not how we want to build our team. We need to move on from Dwayne Wade because they're going to lose a huge portion of the fan base if that happens. So, you know, at this point, if you say you make a mistake and you, you kind of make a half-assed offer to try and re-sign him, at the very least, maybe as a fan, you can say, well, geez, sorry, Pat, you should have done more. But, right. you know, I guess you that you tried. Them. It's almost endearing. You're almost like, wow, this, <laughs> yes. this big, this this mythological creature, Pat Riley, is admitting he's wrong for the first time in like 40 years. Like, softens the blow, consider. It does, right? And you almost relate to him. But we're but like we're supposed to believe what? That this... That this organization that somehow dodged the luxury tax last year by some miraculously masterful cap cap maneuvering. I yeah. mean, the way that they were able to get under the cap in the middle of the season was it was amazing. I mean, that that this front office has been nothing short of genius. I mean, a lot of credit goes to Andy Ellsberg, but this idea that they didn't have enough money to give Dwayne Wade that they couldn't pe- compete with Chicago's offer. Like I said, if they needed the money, they would have found a way to get the money. Every contract is tradable. I don't care. We've talked about Josh McRoberts. If they really wanted to trade McRoberts, they would have, right? They would have attached enough future second rounders or whatever it would have taken. Yeah, but, I guess so. But, um, so so there's that. And then there's this whole idea that if this was indeed just this whole, this whole process of Riley trying to oust Dwayne Wade, like reading, reading the, the tea leaves and saying... I've only got a few more years left as an executive. Dwayne Wade only has a few more years left as an NBA player. I can't do what I I can't hit my goal, which is to win another championship, to get one more ring for these fingers before I retire. If Dwayne Wade's involved, I can't pay him what it's going to take to keep him, and I can't build a team around him as currently constructed and as the way this NBA is is evolving. So this process might have been a couple years in the making, almost. And if it, even if it was, and let's just say hypothetically, right? Let's just say hypothetically this is all correct, that Riley never wanted Wade back and his, his whole goal was to push him out. As black and white as that is, let's just go with it. It's freaking genius. I mean, let's just stand back and appreciate that for a second. If, <laughs> however much level of truth this is, it's genius because he pushes him out and then is able to save face to a majority of people. I think you and I and some, and some people that really pay attention and, and parse these things and break these things down can start seeing through the BS, but for right. a majority of Miami Heat fans, they just, you know, they, you watch the press conference and you take it as, as it's worth, you know, you don't really, you don't think about it, you know, a daily podcast like you and I do, and just try yeah. to break this stuff down, but it's really quite genius, but this whole idea going back to all of a sudden that, all of a sudden that Riley can't, and Mickey Harrison and, and Andy Ellsberg can't manage their finances to give weight enough money, and all of a sudden they forgot to to re-sign their all-star player, their face of the franchise, like they just forgot to negotiate with them, like all this stuff, like that is the part that starts to lend itself to, okay, something doesn't smell right here. No, I mean, there were clearly machinations in place and, and this was part of a plan that Riley had and, and just, this was the best, most PR savvy way of going about kind of cleaning house and, and doing what he can to prime this team for, for you know, more wins than they would have gotten had they committed a number of uh, amount of money, a larger amount of money towards Wade. Yeah. And that's the difference between 
the Lakers front office and what Riley's doing, ironically enough, is that you know he, he recognized first and foremost his commitment is to get as many wins as possible. Some would argue, and I think that's a valid point, that maybe sacrificing wins isn't worth it. Maybe it's better to have, um, or rather that sac- not, seeking wins isn't worth the loss of weight, and maybe it's better to have the team constructed as it was, to watch an old, old creaking version of Wade start to you know bog down your team's offense, and maybe maybe that's what they want. I mean, look, you have to admit, I, I don't know... I don't know anybody necessarily like that. I've seen some comments like that on Twitter that maybe the, the pursuit of victory isn't necessarily the ultimate end-all goal, knowing that you're probably not going to win a championship. You're not really a, a realistic, legitimate title contender this year or the right. next. So I don't think Riley thinks that this team is better without Wade. I just think that this team is... I think You don't he, think so? No, I don't think he does. I Remember, let's go back to his end-of-season press conference when he was talking about Goran Dragic. He, was, he says things like, great players find a way to get it done. And I don't right. think there's any doubt that he believes Wade is still a great player. And if there was any doubt, he erased that doubt with the Charlotte series. I think Pat Riley genuinely believes that Dwayne Wade is still a top 15 player in the NBA. I, think, I don't think Top so. 15 to 20. And I think that he, he knows that they win more games this year with Dwayne Wade on the roster. But I also think he believes that you can't pay Dwayne Wade $25 million a year. You can't guarantee him a third season on a, on a, on a contract because of these these loaded free agencies about to come up and these and these spiking caps about to come up and the fact that there are young players that he can use to augment this team and all of that stuff. I my hypothetical about him just wanting Wade gone is purely that. I think that he did want Wade back. I think plan A was to get Wade back but for like ten for like a Tim Duncan Dirk Nowitzki like last year. Get Wade back Ten million a year, ten to fifteen. Keep cap flexibility for next season. One hundred percent. I think that was his plan. I because you don't you don't resign Tyler Johnson. You don't match Brooklyn's offer. You let him walk. Right. Right. Exactly. And maybe you can get Whiteside to take a discount so that you can keep cap flexibility for next year when Westbrook and Blake Griffin and others. Well, we even knew that. Yeah, and we knew that he wanted Whiteside to take a discount regardless of Wade. Right. Those reports came out in the middle of the season that he didn't want to he didn't want to sign Whiteside to the max. But reports have come out that he was genuinely worried about the Dallas Mavericks so he had to give him a max and we and you and I talked about we expected that like maybe he's not worth it but he's gonna it's gonna take it it's gonna take that to keep him here I think that basically what Riley envisioned was this roster well maybe not this roster but the starting this core group maybe not the James Johnsons and Derek Williams maybe those get replaced by Bino Udrys and and Karan Butler's maybe more you know veteran guys but basically this core group Switch Tyler Johnson for Dwayne Wade, right about that same contract, maybe twelve and a half million per year on average type type thing. That's the roster I think Riley envisioned. Plan B, Tyler Johnson, Wade walks. That's what I think. I mean, just the more and more I think about it, that's what I think. I think he wanted Wade back, but he wasn't willing to give Wade the Kobe deal because he saw what it ha- what happened to the Lakers, and I truly believe that's that's what happened. So ultimately, you don't have to. A team shouldn't have to woo a player. Unless it fits what their overarching goal is, which is maybe to fade out quietly into the sunset and not win a lot, a la Lakers, or to continue trying to prime yourself for victories either this year or the next. I mean, Riley, I've said it before, you know, it's 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 tough to remember. He's not a fan of the Miami Heat. His job right. is to win games, and his job is to set the roster up to win games in the future and to win championships eventually. Like, I think... He had a very tough decision, and his decision came down to, I want Wade back, 
but not at a lot of... He, I can't pay him like he's Kevin Durant. I can't even pay Dwayne Wade like he's Hassan Whiteside. And I think that's what Wade felt. And of course, Wade, and who he believes he is, was like, no, you you ought to pay me like Kevin Durant and Hassan Whiteside. I, I'm just... What has Durant ever done for you? Whiteside's been here for a season and a half. What the hell? And... And that's where it came down. I don't think Riley was willing to pay him like a superstar. Like the Lakers were willing to pay Kobe like he was a superstar. Riley's not going to pay so, you for what you've done. Wade. So should fans, should fans turn on Wade then for forcing this divorce in a way? I mean. That's the alternative, right? If you're saying, should they? Absolutely not, right? Because I think they, I agree with because you. Because he's entitled Wade to seek as go, much money as possible. Wade was able to leverage himself to go get more money. That's the other thing. When Kobe got re-signed. I don't think anybody else pays him that deal. Oh, of course not. Right? We even said that when the Lakers resigned him. That's not hindsight. We're like the Lakers are the only pe- the only team that would have signed him to this, to this kind of contract. And we even saw the Bulls aren't willing to give away the guaranteed third year, right? But they're yeah. at least willing to go up to twenty seven million a year or whatever it was. Um, I can't believe that. That sounds so ludicrous. Right. And so Wade had that leverage somewhere. So yeah, absolutely. If, like if he wanted money. Or for whatever reason he needed to leave, he left. And, I, and that's why I don't think anybody can be blamed in all of this. I just, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not blaming anybody, but I just do think it's weird that after 13 years, you need to be all of a sudden, you know, made made to be felt appreciated. It's like, it's been 13 years. I do find it weird. But also at the same time, from all the reports, it sounds like this has been years in the making, right? It's all not like all of a sudden this he went on vacation and was like, you know what? I haven't felt appreciated in a while. It's I think this has been years, right? Like it's just been it's just been years in the making, so maybe he did feel appreciated and whatever the heat were doing made him feel less and less and less appreciated. For example, giving Chris guaranteeing Chris Bosch a long term deal when LeBron left, but not giving that to Dwayne Wade. I think that was the nail in the coffin. We we always forget because because of the the way that sport in general is broadcast on television, the way it impacts us on an emotional level, et cetera. But we always tend to forget that this is ultimately a workplace environment. I mean, not just for players, but for their bosses. And there's going to be the same kind of crap that we deal with in our own jobs, where you have bosses you like and bosses you don't, and managers or coaches that you don't want to necessarily get along with, but kind of have to, or that you want to present a, a very public face as far as how you appreciate your your boss or the company you work for. You can't go around talking crap about your company or else you're going to get fired or traded or, you know, along those lines. But mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what we're seeing here. I think for all the we want to admi- we want to believe ultimately that players, management, front office all love each other, that they all get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas, et cetera. But that's just not the reality. They've got their own lives away from it. They talk crap about these players because they're probably not the best fit for the team, or maybe they don't like their personalities. You know, the, a score of possible, you know, options exists. And there's just, a lot more behind the scenes than what we see. Absolutely, right? and it's just we tend to forget to it or that, want to overlook it. You know? Yeah, and that's not to say that they don't get along. That's not to say that this relationship between Riley and Wade is completely broken. I mean, I think when you heard them talk about each other in their own private or their own, you know, individual press conferences and media availability. They say they go out of their way to say things like "I have nothing but love for Pat Riley" and or in Pat Riley's "I have nothing." But that's still for that's Wade. still for the public's consumption, though. I mean, no, I agree, but I also what's, what's Wade gonna say? You know, Pat Riley, that goddamn snake. He should have given me my money. I don't give a damn about Kevin Durant or Hassan Whiteside. I want my money, and Pat should have paid. I agree with that to a certain extent, but I also don't think that the relationship's completely broken. I, I, I think that if I think this whole situation has been so complicated that to call that 
that relationship an absolute in any which way. I don't believe that. I think if this were if they were on Facebook in a relationship, then the status would be it's complicated. <laughs> well, there you go. That solves everything, I guess. So yeah, I mean, it's a good working environment, working relationship, I guess. You know, it maybe was, it's not right? necessarily a friendship. Maybe it's not like family, but it's a good working relationship, well, and that still exists even maybe though they're no longer together. It was a little bit too much like family, and maybe it was a little too much like work, and they couldn't, and that that's what made it so complicated. Yeah, it is difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. You want to get along. Like, that's why they say you can't you can't work with your spouse or something like that, or you can't you can't necessarily work with family either because you're always going to bring those personal emotional right. conflicts into your working environment, and that well, makes it more difficult. Ultimately, I think egos got in the way because if it wasn't a money thing, I think there's other ways that Riley could have made Wade feel wanted. But I don't think he, Riley's the kind of guy to crawl back to Dwayne Wade and say, "No, we need you. I need you, Dwayne Wade." Like, I think right. that lost in all of this, we keep talking about that dollar amount, even though everybody, from everything we're reading and hearing, it wasn't just about the money. There must have been ways outside of a salary that Riley could have brought Wade back. Maybe it was all he needed was 14 years, 14 million a year, but three years guaranteed. I don't know. But there must have been ways that he could have felt made Wade feel, feel appreciated, but I think ultimately the egos got in the way, and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, at some point... You just want different things, and that's how a lot of breakups happen. So, this has been Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate us, review us, say nice things about us on iTunes. You can find us on Audio Boom. Oh, and we're on Stitcher too. I kind of forget to mention that every once in a while, but we're also on Stitcher if you use that. Find our email at lockedonheat at gmail.com. We're already getting a bunch of emails going in this week since our Monday mailbag. Um, we might do a Monday or a Friday mailbag because, like I said in the last podcast, we're going to be gone next week. So for the rest of this week, y'all podcast, but next week we'll be off. So we're maybe we'll push the uh, mailbag if we get enough emails between now and Friday. We'll push the email or the mailbag up to this week. And uh, find us on Twitter, Locked On Heat on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, David. Yeah, absolutely. If I can add something, yes. Um, I, I just, you know, I want people to interact with us, not just to ask us questions, but also interact because ultimately we are fans and we do want to hear from them as well. We assume that the people listening to this podcast are fans and, you know, we want to hear what they have to say about the team and we're always open for debate and discussion. And if you do have questions, we'll be glad to answer them online. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, David. Well said. Take care, Wes. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.